On this episode of the Nonprofit Ready Podcast, I'm pleased to be joined by Lori Gottlieb, volunteer management expert and founder of Lori Gottlieb Consulting. I can bring in as many volunteers as you want, but at the end of the day, if I can't find good, challenging, interesting placements, we don't have engagement. Welcome to the Nonprofit Ready Podcast, conversations with accomplished professionals from across the nonprofit sector about what they do, why they do it, and how they make change happen. I'm your host, Justin Waddell from nonprofitready.org and the Cornerstone On Demand Foundation. And as part of Volunteer Engagement Month, I'm pleased to be joined by Lori Gottlieb, volunteer management expert and founder of Lori Gottlieb Consulting. Lori recently hosted a fantastic webinar for our Nonprofit Ready community in which she discussed the essentials of facilitating an effective volunteer management program. Lori, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks, Justin. It's a pleasure to be here. So you gave a great presentation a few days ago on the basics of volunteer management, and we're going to dive a little bit further into that. But first, I wanted to start it by learning a little bit more about you. Uh, could you walk our listeners through what brought you to this space in the first place? Sure. Um, it's actually an interesting story. When I graduated from university, I was all set to go into the advertising sales, you know, profit generating business. And the uh, first couple of years, I did sales. And then I fell into a job um, by the nature of the fact that my mother was in nonprofit and uh, running volunteer centers in Toronto. And she asked me to help her out. And so, you know, for a little while, I helped her out. And there was one position that was managing a volunteer program. And uh, I had, so my university degree was sociology, and I'd gone back to school to get a marketing degree. And so I was completely set up to go into business. And uh, this position came up, and I applied for it, and I took it. And I remember when I took the job, I, I thinking to myself, what have I done? I have no idea what I'm doing. But um, it was managing a volunteer program in mental health, uh, in, uh, mental health very large mental health uh, facility. And I found that it just clicked. There was the component of customer service, marketing, sales, uh, risk management, um, program development, um, that it just was, it felt good. I, you know, they say, you know, people work in nonprofit because it feels good. That's not really where I come from because my background is actually marketing. So a lot of people in my field tend to come from the social service side of it. Um, I always wanted to, I kind of had this entrepreneurial spirit, uh, in me. Anyhow, to make that long story very short, I stayed in the field and kind of worked my way to different kinds of organizations uh, for about 15 years. So I was, I literally, I've only had two careers in my life. One was in sales and the other one has been running volunteer programs. Yeah, there's a lot I want to unpack from there. And, you know, we'll start at the beginning first. You know, I usually, and I think a lot of people usually think that those with sales expertise would then go into fundraising or development yep. for nonprofit organizations. Can you talk a little bit about how you've seen a transference of your sales skills and marketing skills to your work and volunteer engagement? Um, absolutely. To me, volunteer engagement is about matching. So my passion has never been in the dollars and cents end of it. Um, I mean, I've worked in fund development and, and so forth, but I, I'm, I really am more interested about the human effect and what interests people, why they would want to be engaged in an organization. Forget what they end up doing, whether they end up being donor plus volunteer. I mean, that they're, they're interconnected, 
But to me, sales, and, and it's not sales, it's the marketing side of it. It's like, I have something that's really interesting. And so I'm interested, I guess my, my business side of me is interested in how do I reach the right people to find that right placement? And I actually get that natural high. Like I get excited when I create this really interesting match. So to me, it's about the the matching and, and the marketing concept and getting what I want out, like the idea out there, my organization out there. But the other side of that whole sales marketing piece is relationship building and retention. So I don't really see that much of a difference as to whether I'm selling um, a, a soft drink to a consumer or whether I'm selling the opportunity to get engaged. To me, it's about the connection. Interesting. If it's day one at a new organization and you're looking to really revamp their volunteer engagement strategy, what's your first move? Learn. I take the time to learn about the organization and the um, staff and the people that are connected to it because you can't bring in volunteers unless you understand the potential. So basically like a SWOT analysis, you know, looking at what are the strengths of the organization, what are the weaknesses, you know, as volunteer um, programs, we can only bring in volunteers if the environment allows us to do it. And that's, you know, kind of like a, a giant struggle that organizations have where volunteers programs are seen very differently in very different organizations. So I really go in and kind of see where does the volunteer program sit right now? What's the, what's the, you know, what's the feeling from the volunteers themselves? What's the feeling from the staff? So I'll start doing some assessments first and learn about the different programs. And the other thing is, as an administrator of volunteers, I see myself as that matchmaker. So I need to build really good relationships with the program. So I want to go in and learn about, you know, sit down and find out, Justin, what you do, you know, and where do you see volunteers and what have your struggles been with volunteers? Because I need to chip away at building these openings, right? I can only bring in volunteers. I can bring in as many volunteers as you want. But at the end of the day, if I can't find good challenging, interesting placements, we don't have engagement. So that's kind of like my first couple of days is learning. I imagine that some organizations get a bit of FOMO or fear of missing out and just want to bring in all the skills possible and just hold on to volunteers, retain them until they might be useful. I mean, is that a good idea? How do you recommend organizations look to do that and build their bench for potential future issues? Um, good question. So, you know, for, let, let's get, you know, to the first point. You need to, you need to have somebody on staff that's actually in tune to that, first of all. So many organizations don't have dedicated um, staff that manage volunteers because that's a key component of retaining volunteers. So there are organizations out there where the program staff or, or volunteers themselves go out and find their own volunteers that are only focused on kind of that job right then and there, and that's it. So number one, you know, one of my key takeaways is that there's got to be a dedicated volunteer program because that falls under their their kind of that umbrella. The other thing is if you've, if you've had a good relationship with a volunteer or if a volunteer, well, okay, Justin, I'll use you as an example, okay? If you came to me, and you didn't know what you want to do, but you had a connection to the cause and we had that conversation 
it's a you know conversation slash interview because you're not really interview interviewing for something specific. Um, there's two things that can happen. One is you got to be honest and say, you know what, I need to look to see if there's anything available. If there's nothing available, um, can I stay, you know, can, can we stay in communication? Can I offer you up opportunities for education until we find something? Or when something becomes available, can I call you? Like you can't keep people hanging if you don't have anything for them to do because that then promotes negativity from the potential volunteer. So sometimes you do have to say, you know what, there's nothing going on right now, but do I have the opportunity to connect with you when something happens? And you know what, 50% of the time that works. And you call them up, you've already got that little bit of a connection, and when something comes up, they're they're fine. Um, don't, don't try and keep volunteers around if you've got nothing for them to do, because they recognize that very quickly. The other thing is there are ways to keep people going as you go through the process, and that's by connecting them and um, through activities that are going on through the organization. So keeping them connected, whether that's now sending them your newsletter um, or inviting them to events um, to keep them connected. It's a bit of a false connection because you still don't really have anything for them. So like kind of one of the rules with volunteers is you got to try and place them as quickly as possible. If you can't place them, then at least keep that door open so that you can connect with them again. Definitely. And I like that you mentioned the need to definitely have someone on hand, someone who's a dedicated staff member toward volunteer engagement and volunteer management. Yep. Uh, for this person, what do you ideally look for in their professional or personal traits? From the hard skills side of it, I would say you need to bring somebody in who is willing to learn about volunteer management if they're not in the field or has that education, has some kind of formal education. Because one of the challenges in our field, and this is one of my kind of pet peeves, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing, um, is that we tend to bring anybody in to run a volunteer program. Um, things happen such as uh, volunteer coordinators or part-time volunteer coordinators, part-time recreational therapists. Um, there is that sense that volunteer management is not a profession. And I really, really feel that it is a it is a great profession I mean I love it so education formal education there are volunteer management courses all over the place that's number one because they're going to learn the foundations at that point two to be a really good management uh, like administrative volunteers you need to be able to plan so you know as we go forward I think that that you know to me the best what I'd be looking for is somebody who has that creativity that strategic planning thinking doesn't mean that they have to have done it, but can think beyond that recognizes both what's out there in the community. So if I were to be interviewed right now, I'd be talking about trends. How does organize, how do organizations respond to trends? Um, you know, I want to be touching things on like, how do you evaluate success? A little bit on project management, um, that marketing and creativity side. But then the other side, I'd be looking at somebody who can understand about human human factors and personalities and and, you know, what would happen in a scenario where some, you know, you have a volunteer who's struggling with their volunteer work or is aging out or those types of things. So it's a bit of a, um, a kaleidoscope of a field. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not cut and dry in terms of a field. There's a component of analytical and emotion and business at the same time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to your point, I mean, people really do need to approach this through the lens that this is a profession. And if you're hiring for this role, there should be competencies that you're looking for uh, built out in that as you're vetting potential applicants. Yeah, and it's not that, you know, it's a bit of a combination. If you had to, if I had to like blend a bunch of fields together, I'd say it'd be HR with fund development, with um, uh, direct service, like social work and marketing and sales. And you put it all together and you end up with an administrator of volunteers. Oh, an event planner. <laughs> yeah, the, someone who wears many, many hats. Which is what we're known yeah. for. You know, it's really interesting. That is what we are known for as people who wear many, many hats. And um, you could take 10 you know, administrators of volunteers, put them in a room, and each one will be very, very different. And I keep saying administrators of volunteers, and I kind of want to uh, touch on that. When I hear the word volunteer coordinator, I kind of shrug because I get asked, do you get paid for that? Right? So we can't even come up with a title in our field. (laughs) We can't even come up with something consistent. We go from volunteer management to community engagement to um, support services to, you know, there's managers of volunteers and coordinators of volunteers. But when I hear like things like volunteer coordinator, like if I said that to you right now, your first thought, are you getting paid for that? Yeah, it's your central responsibility, just roll call. And clearly it's not, but no. yeah, titles can definitely communicate or connotate that. Now, something that you mentioned uh, in your response just now, you were talking about potentially being interviewed, and you said you would definitely bring up trends. Yeah. And I'm actually very interested in that. You know, How do you see the volunteer engagement and management space evolving? What trends are out there that people need to get on top of? So when you look at trends, there's a bunch of things you need to look at. One is you got to kind of look at the the um, different sectors, so, you know, the the population. So the first thing you got to look at is, you know, that boomer, the uh, Gen X, Gen Y, um, you know, that whole side of it, because there are definitely commonalities between them. And those that are coming up now into the profession, their expectations are very different from those that are slowly working their way out of the of the profession. So one of the biggest trends right now on two sides of the spectrum is the aging boomer is not retiring. So if you go back 10, 15 years, even when I started, um, finding a volunteer to help you out during the day, nine to five was a piece of cake. Well, now it's almost impossible to find somebody who will give you one years of service from nine to five or, you know, consistently every Monday um, because they're, they're, they're all over the place. The other end of the spectrum is the youth. So in Canada, and I'm not quite sure in the States what the situation is, that youth are, um, high school kids are required to do volunteer work um, as part of the curriculum to get their high school diploma. So now they are being introduced to volunteering at a much younger age. So that's a whole large population to engage in a way that we've never engaged before. Because are they then becoming your future donors, your future social activists, your future, you know, if you even look at vacations now, there's all these volunteering trips that didn't happen. So the trend, that end of the trend is really, really key to to look at. The other end is the economics. You know, um, people are struggling to get jobs. 
Um, you know, they're looking to build skills. So how can their volunteer work help them build skills in a way that, that didn't happen before? And the third area is technology. I mean, look at what we're doing right now, uh, you know, having this conversation. Technology breaks down barriers. So it allows for organizations and for volunteers to reach out to each other in a way that they never could before because the traditional model of volunteering was you had to have bumps and seats. So it's a completely different way of volunteering, but with that is also different kinds of risks. So, you know, that whole SWOT analysis where there's opportunity, there's also risk. And these are very, very big trends right now. Now, I imagine that, you know, one of the key mistakes an organization could make is not having uh, this more holistic vision of taking into account these trends. Mm -hmm. Are there any other mistakes that you just see time and time again when it comes to organizations and their volunteer management programs? Um, yes. The, the, I would say that the retention is a big area. So if you look at the volunteer management cycle, uh, like I had said before, uh, depending on the, on the sector, so depending on where you're at, one area of the cycle will be very different, would be focused very differently from another organization. So I'll give you an example. If you ran a volunteer program in a hospital, the recruitment would not be a very difficult component of your program because people want to volunteer in hospitals. Risk and, and um, retention is an area that's very challenging. But I find there's two areas that most volunteer programs are really falling down on, and that's evaluation. So evaluation and retention. When I say retention, I also talk about succession planning. So how do you grow your volunteers that you have? We tend to have a great volunteer, put them in their role, and they're doing a great job, and we forget about them. And I don't think that volunteer programs, and I could get you know completely emailed to death on this, um, really look at their volunteers once they have them. They're so busy looking at the next set of volunteers. So I think that area is really, um, in general, what I've noticed in, in the you know hundreds and thousands of people that I've trained is an area that they really struggle with. Staff volunteer relations is an area that they really struggle with and evaluation. And I don't know whether that has to do with, again, who they're bringing into the fold um, or just the workload. You know, it's not a comfortable area. Evaluation is not, you know, in our field, we are tend to be a little bit more person focused versus analytically focused. I think that's just that natural, you know, uh, tendency. Uh, like I could never be an accountant. Like me and numbers are, are the worst of enemies. So even for me, evaluation is an area that I struggle with. But I think that's the area that helps us grow our volunteer programs because our boards and our leadership team, they're always looking at outcome measures. But I don't see a lot of successful volunteer program outcome measure um, programs. Interesting. And I suppose that you could recruit a volunteer to help with that analytical piece. Absolutely. You could recruit an accountant or someone else with that mindset. We're kind of our own worst enemies because <laughs> we're always busy trying to give to other people and we never really think about giving to ourselves. You make a good point. I say that all the time when, uh, you know, when I'm training and somebody says, well, I don't have time to do that. And I look at them and I go, I'm sorry, you're the first person to meet volunteers. Like you should be getting volunteers for yourself. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> You know, like we're, we're our own worst enemies half the time. Yeah, sometimes you have to look in the mirror to find that uh, that help more immediately. Yeah. 
Now, as we look to wrap up, is there anything we haven't covered today that you just are really passionate or fired up about and would like to share uh, with our listeners? Um, I think that uh, it's really important to continue to learn in this field. I think education, workshops, those things are really, really key. But you also remember you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Like in our field, we're all collegial. So we're always willing to help each other. So, you know, if I have to say kind of as a final thought is, you know, keep learning and keep and keep connecting to each other and learn from each other because what's going on in one sector or one organization could very well be happening in another, but also share with each other. Like you can even be sharing volunteers. Like there's just so much potential. Uh, finally, be creative. You know, um, look, sometimes you got to take that time to do the research, to look and see what else is out there because it sparks ideas. I think, it, again, in volunteer management, we get stuck and we don't look at things from a different lens. And we'll go to the workshop and it's all great and we have a great time for the hour or the half a day or whatever it is. But then what do you do with it? And that's kind of why I went into this kind of private sector kind of thing is because my job is to kind of shake you up a little bit and say, well, what are you going to do about these things? So, you know, the idea of be creative, keep learning, share from each other and don't reinvent the wheel. I love it. And that's actually a perfect segue for those who want to learn more about you and what you do. Where should they go? Um, well, my, I do have a website, uh, Lori Gottlieb consulting at wordpress.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, which I don't tweet very well. I'm very bad at it. I mean, and my email, Lori Gottlieb consulting at Gmail, reach out at any time. And for those who are curious about the spelling of Lori Gottlieb, you simply only need to look to the title of this podcast for <laughs> your answer. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, again, Lori Gottlieb, a volunteer management expert and the founder of Lori Gottlieb Consulting. Lori, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge. My pleasure. Thank you very much for taking the time to do this. Finally, be sure to sign up for nonprofitready.org, our open online learning portal for nonprofit professionals, which includes more than 300 online learning resources covering the most crucial job functions in the nonprofit sector, all 100% free. The Nonprofit Ready Podcast is a production of the Cornerstone On Demand Foundation. Thanks to our executive producer, Alec Green, our editorial director, Jeanette Lamb, our sound producer, Trung Ngo, and most importantly, you, for helping us to build the Nonprofit Ready community. Learn more about all of the capacity building services of the Cornerstone On Demand Foundation at csodfoundation.org. Thanks again, and have a great day.